Hello and welcome to the Life Together podcast, where we share in meaningful conversation about living for Christ and loving one another. Thanks for joining today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hey everyone, I'm here today with Phil and Cheryl Robertson. And I imagine by this point, uh, after our parenting weekend, most everybody is pretty familiar with the Robertsons. But uh, I've had the blessing of knowing the Robertsons for a few years now, maybe five or six, something like that. Uh, While I was at FC, their daughter Jill was one of my best friends. We did a couple camp friend tours together, and I also got to know Gray. And just through all of those years, I've really enjoyed getting to know your whole family and uh, have loved and admired uh, your service toward others, your love for the Lord. And I know that that's impacted a lot of people. And I've especially uh, admired your love for young people, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, But we're really glad that y'all came for this weekend. Really glad that you're here to spend some time in uh, conversation for this episode. Um, And we're really blessed to uh, have y'all. Well, thanks so much, Jared. It's very kind of you to invite us. I, I don't know if we're all that, but we, uh, <laughs> we certainly appreciate the opportunity. And, and dude, it's been a joy to get to know you and, and see you grow. And I'm so happy you're here at Lost River. And I know the work you're doing here is very impactful. And I know they're thrilled to have you here. So thank you very much. Well, that means a lot. Um, well, this weekend, y'all have probably talked a lot about uh, parenting and maybe shared a lot of stories as parents. But I think I actually want to go back a little bit and start with just what was life like for y'all growing up. And so I guess I'll start with Phil and then we'll move to Cheryl. And uh, just tell us a little bit, okay, you know, what what was life like growing up for you? And then especially, um, what do you feel really shaped and, and informed you during your teen years? What What really helped form your faith uh, kind of throughout that time? Uh, well, I actually grew up in Lubbock, Texas. So uh, I've got a tie to uh, Lawrence Kelly. Uh, oh, his, no. His, oh, no. This is a great tie. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be here if it wasn't for Lawrence's family. Uh, Lawrence's uncle and my dad were good friends uh, when they were in uh, elementary and middle school. And uh, that's where my dad learned the gospel was through the Kelly family uh, in Amarillo, Texas. So if it hadn't been for Lawrence's family, uh, you know, who knows where I would be uh, because my dad became a Christian uh, and was following the Lord because of their influence uh, there in Amarillo. And then he met my mom uh, in Lubbock when they were both going to school at Texas Tech. So that's where I grew up. I grew up in Lubbock, Texas, uh, the cotton fields of the panhandle of Texas, and it was a great place to grow up. Uh, The first preacher I ever remember hearing as a kid was D. Bowman. Mm. Uh, He and my dad were real good friends and actually worked in radio together. And so he was the preacher there at Auburn Street, uh, where I grew up. And uh, so I uh, had the opportunity of just hearing great preaching uh, the whole mm. time uh, as I was growing up there in Lubbock. And then even when Dee moved away to Pasadena, which you have a tie, uh, certainly to the Bowman family, uh, because they ended up in Pasadena where you grew up. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a great place to grow up. And my parents were very committed. Uh, to the church 
and were always involved. My dad would preach some on the weekends, even though he had an office furniture company uh, that he ran. Uh, he, he would go and preach at small old churches like Morton, Texas, Spurred, Texas. I and mean, so you'd have two hour drives to get there and, <laughs> and he would take me with him. And, and that was very impactful. And so that was very important to my parents that uh, they be extremely active and show that to us as well as hospitality. And, and what's also cool, I noticed uh, the Lost River Church supports the Berdini family in Italy. I can remember when Brother Rodolfo and Stefano came to the States for the first time, and they actually visited Lubbock, and they were in our home. Uh, it was important for my parents to show hospitality to everybody, and so that had a big impression on me. And then uh, the biggest thing that happened for me growing up is I learned about Florida College and went off to camp, and I decided that's where I got to go because as active and as wonderful as my parents were, we didn't have a lot of kids in our classes growing up, uh, and there wasn't a lot of youth activity. In fact, there was zero, and mm. so to hear about a school where most everybody's Christians, I, I got to get there, and so we found a way to make that happen, and so yeah, that's my yeah. wow growing up years. That's cool. So, I had I had actually forgotten about that connection with Lawrence. I mean, I knew y'all grew up in the same area and knew each other, but I forgot that it was his family, his dad, who really helped influence your dad to become a yeah. Christian. That's really cool. I forgot about that. Yeah, wow. and and especially well, it was his granddad mainly. Oh, uh, granddad. Who, yeah, okay. well, no, his his whole family because uh, the Kelly family, brother Kelly, was there in Amarillo. Yeah, uh, and so that's yeah, and that was a big deal for my dad especially. Uh, his 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 dad was not only not a Christian, but you know, my granddad was wanted by the FBI and wow. was hauled away to prison. Uh, <laughs> and my dad, you know, had to grow up in a home where he was taking care of his mom. And and so he had the support of the church at that time and, and was truly a first-generation Christian uh, in that regard. And so that was very impactful on me okay. growing up. Uh, when you realize the things that your parents have had to deal with. My mom grew up on a cotton farm, so she's hoeing cotton all summer. Mm -hmm. And her dad's an elder in the church, so her upbringing was, a, bringing was a little different than my dad's. But, you know, that was impactful. And so you began to see the powerful impact of other Christian families upon others evangelistically and how, man, it just begins to snowball in mm -hmm. one generation, touches another generation. And so... Yeah. So yeah, tip of the hat That's to the cool. Kellys. Wow. Uh, yeah, I love the Kelly family. Wow. Well, I'm, I may want to ask some more things about that in a moment. That's really um, fascinating. But Cheryl, how about for you? What was life growing up? What were some of those key influences over the years? Well, I grew up in uh, North Alabama in the Huntsville, Athens area, and I was fortunate to attend Athens Bible School K through 12. So it was not only were we getting the spiritual influences from our church family, but also, uh, you know, everyday chapel, everyday Bible classes, you know, K through 12. Um, again, my family was very active. My dad was not a Christian uh, when my parents married. I think he was baptized about when I was three. So I think he always felt like he had to... Um, study more, you know, just had to really kind of dig in a little bit harder to kind of make up for the gap of years that he, you know, did not have a knowledge. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was about in the 
fourth grade, he started preaching at a very, very country congregation out in a very rural Tennessee. And so I think that was a great learning environment for us to um, load up and have to spend all day there. There was about 40 miles from our home and learn to deal with different people, different. Uh, some of it was very, very country. Uh, even some of them did not have indoor plumbing at the time. Wow. And so it was uh, some poor areas. But yet looking back, I really appreciate the hospitality that those people shared. Uh, they would have a family of five over for lunch just about every Sunday. Somebody had us over. Hmm. And so we learned a lot about people, about just the basics of life, what's really important. And then, um, you know, growing up, uh, I think it was about in the sixth grade, he started preaching for a congregation, you know, closer to home. And then um, later on in high school, they hired a full-time you know, preacher. My dad was mm -hmm. an engineer at Redstone Arsenal. That's so, um, yeah, so I think just that constant being, living it in addition to learning about it was, you know, really what made a difference. And then again, I was fortunate enough to go to Florida College again, where that spiritual environment just continued to grow and um, it just kind of shapes who you are. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hear like a, a couple themes in both of those. And, and one of the ones that really stood out to me was hospitality. Um, hospitality. And, and I wonder, I don't know, I wonder if maybe parents don't realize how much of an impact that makes on kids, both having people in your home, but being in other Christians' homes. But uh, I would love to hear just a little bit more about that for both of y'all. What sounds like hospitality was a key theme. What do you think that, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is so impactful uh, for, for kids to see? I, I think it just becomes part of who you are, you know, um, I, I, as Phil's family said, uh, you know, we always had the visiting preacher over. And actually, I think one of the great grandkids was at our table uh, two, three weeks ago, where wow. I can remember his great grandparents being at our table growing up. So sometimes just the history and the heritage. But you just learn about people and you learn that your world is not the only world, that there's a lot of... Um, hardships people have gone through, a lot of blessings people can share. Um, but the only way you really get to know people a lot of times is to sit around the kitchen table. Well, and I, I'll add to that. I have seen that families that are very hospitable and, and commit themselves to serving others, generally their kids grow up with a heart for that as well. And, and, and just made me think, so in our home, I, I'm, I can remember Rodolfo Bernini coming and hearing his story uh, to hear what it was like to start the church and work with the church in a predominantly uh, Catholic culture. And, and, and I heard the challenge of that. I can remember Harold Fight, uh, who was kind of the older preacher, you know, he would come and, and, and he was kind of an older guy. And can I relate to him? Yeah. When you see him chasing your little dog around the living room, uh, he's like, Oh, this guy became real to me. Uh, to sit in the living room with D. Bowman and his brother Jay Bowman uh, and Ed, you know, and to hear those guys cut up and laugh and be real people, and that that just made an impression on me. Yeah. And and when you hear their stories, you also are inspired by those stories. It's kind of like the biblical character who wouldn't want to hang around David. I mean, he went and took out Goliath. Man, that's a cool dude. Tell me all about it. Well, in a way you're getting to know people and hearing their stories and it's motivating 
And I, that, that just had a big impression on me. So anybody who comes into your home, you're inviting them into your life. And I Mm -hmm. think it's so important, so important that our kids get to experience that and they get to experience the challenge and the discomfort, if you will, of being a servant. Yeah. To have to get the house clean, to have to prep the meal, to have to change your schedule for this and the other. That's good for you. Uh, you know, <laughs> right, it's not right. all about you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely remember that. My parents uh, were, 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 I grew up similarly. My parents loved hosting people, loved having people in our home when, uh, you know, visiting preachers were coming through and things like that. And so I can definitely relate to what you're saying. And I think that's so true. On, on one hand, it's something that rubs off on you, I hope that um, I have a similar compassion for people and, and love for people. I can't probably quite host in quite the same way as my parents did yet. Um, but just, uh, I think it does kind of generate that desire naturally in you. But then like you're saying, it, it also teaches you those valuable lessons of servitude, right? You know, waking up early on Sunday morning, having to vacuum the house and all that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, you know, I, you should be happy with if I just get my Bible lesson done, you know, Um but yeah, absolutely. And I love I love the point that it makes it makes these people f- feel so much more real. And that's not just true of preachers coming through town, but the people that we interact with every Sunday and Wednesday, right? They're not just the church people. They're real. They're like you said, they're running around chasing your pets, they're playing with you and it's like, "Wow." You know, it, and you just can't really you you can't really capture that just you know, here at a building. Yeah. Right? It's got to be, it's got to be meeting from house to house, just like acts. Well, and, and when you do that, that's a great point, Jared. Uh, when you do that in your home and you sit down for a meal, it's at that moment you really have a connection and you begin to learn them. And I, I know personally, I remember names so much better <laughs> if, I, if I've spent a meal with somebody and listened to their story, but then you see them different. When yeah. they come in the door of the church building, and if you know their story, it makes you just want to start clapping. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is an awesome story, and yeah. you know, you know a little bit about them and their faith and their commitment to the Lord, and yeah, it makes you want to applaud. Yeah, and that's know? wow, and yeah, I think in some way that's true of well, I absolutely believe this is that's true of every person. Um, I just read a quote like recently from a book that like if. Um, you know, if you think that people are boring, you just haven't asked them their story. Yeah. It's like everybody's story is so fascinating. And maybe they don't think that themselves. Maybe they don't see that themselves. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's so true. Getting to know people's stories. And, and I, I think that's that's right, that when we're here together Sunday, Wednesday, um, it just generates so much more love for one another. Yeah. Yeah. And you see it. It's a biblical example, man. Right. I mean, it's all through Acts. <laughs> yeah. You know, the hospitality they showed the one for another. And and it's it's really a command if you look at it. Yeah. You know, Romans 12, be hospitable to all. Right. You know, that should be our attitude. It's even something that we expect of our elders. Hospitality, yeah. you know. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just Absolutely. important to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a- another thing theme, another uh, sort of commonality that I heard, and I may be getting this wrong. I'm, I might not be understanding the stories exactly the same, but you mentioned how y- your dad came to faith at what what point in his life? How old was he? He was 12. He, 12. he was okay. 12 when he was being invited to church uh, by the Kelly family. Okay. And so that began to mature and grow in him. And I, I think he 
actually became a Christian about 13 or something. And okay, and so it, and it stuck somewhat early on. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then did you did I hear right that your your dad also came to yes. faith later on? How old was yes. he? Um, he was probably 30. I don't know okay. exactly, but um. I think he and my mom had been married about three years before I was born, and I think I was about three. So okay. he was probably 30, 29, 30, 31, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm curious just hearing that. Um, I, I grew up in a family where it's kind of like both branches kind of go back a ways. And so um, I, I always have so much admiration for people who grew up with maybe in some ways could be kind of fragmented families spiritually um and i'm just curious what were 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 there any challenges like that growing up you know maybe not so much it sounds like you know i guess you weren't born yet phil and cheryl you were very young mm-hmm. um but were there any challenges like that um for y'all growing up just with family no i don't remember um a whole lot because when we would go to see my dad's family mm-hmm. they would go to church you know at a they'd look up the local local place to go um and my dad he he went all in i mean it was like yeah. i can remember him just sitting in the chair studying you know I, and wow. i remember him you know he would have a he would us learning all the songs and all the memorization and stuff that you did as a kid, he had to work a lot harder to remember just all the basic Bible facts that, you know, you start learning in the the cradle roll class. So, um, you know, but, but he was all in once he, once he committed, he committed. So there wasn't like trying to walk on both sides of the street, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Well, for us, it was, uh, my dad's family, the Robertson side of the family, um, were, (laughs) They were a lot of fun. Let's put it that way. Uh, and you couldn't participate in all the fun that they were having uh, at times. And so there there was a little bit of a, a separation there. But it was very important to my parents that we not look down or judge people because they're making different decisions. Mm-hmm. But see the difference in those choices and where those choices are leading in their lives. Uh, and so you could look back and see, uh, my dad's, uh, side of the family, uh, especially with his cousins and, and, and other relatives there, there would be a lot of issues and challenges in their life that came from just living without the Lord. And so it was an opportunity for us to grow and to see that. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, my parents made it very, uh, very conscious and clear effort that we're going to associate with family, even though family's different because we want to love them and show them grace and mercy just like it's been extended to us. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. And I, I want to I think I want to come back to that in a little bit. Um that balance of uh having compassion for others, not being condescending or looking down on those who uh don't know the Lord like we have been blessed to know him. Uh while also recognizing I think trajectory is so important, recognizing where paths lead, the principle of the path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to come back to that in a moment, but one, one more commonality that I recognized was FC and that get, that gets us a little closer. I know at some point these timelines meet. So, uh, so let's talk about that. How, to, how did y'all meet? Um, we don't have to go into super big detail. We don't have to spend a lot of time with this, but this is always fun. So how, how did y'all meet? And then maybe along with that, uh, kind of a longer answer, 
maybe what were some things before you even became parents, maybe while you were dating early on in marriage, what were some of the things that maybe helped serve as a foundation for your family in the future? Maybe there's some foresight there, maybe there's not, but, uh, but what was that like? You want to tell this story? You're going to leave it to me. Uh, okay. <laughs> She'll correct me. Uh, Cheryl was at Florida College uh, before me. And so, Still two she did, yeah, it was a two year school. And so, uh, when I was a sophomore at FC, she was wrapping up at Auburn with her four year degree. She went to FC two years and then was finishing dietetics at Auburn. So, I'm at a friend's house washing clothes and watching the NCAA basketball tournament when all of a sudden these four obnoxious girls from Auburn come busting through the door at my friend's apartment, jabber John about how they're going to Disney and they're on spring break and, da, 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 and making fun of me for having to do laundry and homework while they're at school. And so it, that was our brief first encounter. You know, it lasted about 10 minutes. And then when I leave FC, I moved to Dothan to go on a preacher training program. She's leaving Auburn to go to Dothan uh, to be a dietitian at Flowers Hospital. And we get to this church and it's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> You're the one here. And, and what was cool was we, uh, we developed a great relationship. Uh, she literally had no desire to go out with me uh, or date me. And that was fine with me at the time. And so we were just really good friends for a year and a half and uh, worshiping and living in Dothan. But then uh, there uh, came a time in which an older gentleman at church, he uh, put his finger in my chest one day in the foyer and just pretty much told me I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, you're dating all these other girls, but that girl over there, and he pointed to Cheryl, that's a worthy woman. And if that doesn't interest you, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> that was Brother Moss. And so, uh, yeah, so then that's really how we met and started dating and 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 living in, in Dothan and working with the church at Honeysuckle Road was a impactful moment for us. Did I tell it correctly? That's pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. Uh, now, to answer your second question, what was great about that, Jarrett, is part of the preacher training program, I had to live with each elder for six weeks mm -hmm. in his family. And so it was Taft Tomley, Lee Jones, John Haley, and John and Becky Haley, and then Frank and Joyce Jamerson. So I'm living with these four families. And that was powerful. Uh, because I got to see how they functioned and worked as a family, how they loved one another and how their, their relationship, husband and wife, you talk about elders, it, just as much of eldering as elders wives, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and she is just as much, uh, involved in that leadership and that stability and that, um, uh, shepherding, if you will, for a congregation. So I began to see that experience that, and it was like, I, that's what I need. I, I need, I need a wife like that. And it's like, okay, that's Cheryl. And that's definitely Cheryl. And so we tried to model not only our marriage, but our parenting after what we saw in those families. Mm. And, uh, that was very impactful for us. Uh, and we still talk today, uh, to the Haley's specifically, uh, about, parenting and, and choices that they made. And, um, it, it's, it's been one of those lasting impressions that happened, 
so the preacher training program was more than just being a preacher. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Uh, it was truly life lessons. Wow, that's that's really special. And I think we had mentor couples. You know, the Mosses were about forty years older than us, but we would vacation, we'd go play tennis. They were determined not to be old people and mm. act like old people. So they hung out with young people. And then the brewers, uh, Buzz and Little Brewer, were very um, impactful on not only our parenting, but just adulting, you know, how to do things in life and be mm. successful and what success really is. So I think we were very blessed that group at Honeysuckle at the time were, it was just loaded with, great people who we developed relationships with and as Phil said, still refer to in our minds on a regular basis. And that was important, uh, not only to our development, but who we are today. You know, we, we surrounded ourselves with just powerful, godly people, you know, and, and God bless them for their desire to hang out with us, uh, you know, and spend time together. And, and, and it was more than just a mentorship. I mean, they're, they're, they're all dear friends, just dear friends. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. I, I, and I think, I mean, I know, I know everyone would agree. Lost River is full of those people as well. And, um, those, those connections are really, really important. And so I hear, I hear in that the kind of foundation, um, and then Jill and Gray come along and, you know, obviously I, I know nothing at all about parenting, but from what I do here, it's like, you think you, if you think you're ready, you're totally wrong. They come along and you're just like, okay, all right, now we're starting to learn. So I know this, this could take hours. I mean, we could, we could spend entire, we could have a whole season of a podcast on parenting and using your own personal anecdotes and stories through the years. But as you think back, you know, as as Jill and Gray grew up, uh, obviously, you know, me having known them, you know, I just I just think the world of both of them. I think they're really, really incredible people, um, and I, I would say have Jill, especially through our friendship, has had a great impact on my faith. And so clearly, I, I think everybody who knows your family and who know Jill and Gray would say, "Wow, y'all did just an awesome job." Um, and so, you know, what's, what's the, I know there's not really a, a secret, but what's, what's the secret? What, what were some of the things uh, as the mic has moved solely on Cheryl? Um, what were some of the things just through the years that y'all felt were either, uh, uh, foundational to like just things you did consistently as a family that maybe you didn't even realize how important it was at the time but looking back you're like wow we are really glad that we focused on these things these turned out to be really really important i know that's kind of a, a broad open-ended question but uh but yeah uh, well i think first of all you've got to you've got to know what your goals are and you've got to know what your kids personalities are and the same thing doesn't work for each of them they are both totally different kids. And if we'd had a third one, it would have been another one in the mix. Uh, one of the things that was important to me being able to go to a Bible school K through 12 was I wanted my kids to know the Bible because I felt like a lot of my knowledge came from being in a Bible class every day. Mm -hmm. And with our, with our job situation, that was not going to be a, a possibility. So that was important to me. And that's one of the reasons that we homeschooled was because I didn't know exactly how we would work it in, you know, because 
the the school days can sometimes can sometimes get get long. Not to say that's impossible, but that was one of many reasons for homeschooling. Um, but I think it's just knowing your kids, knowing how you want them to develop, and inching your way through that. Uh, their personalities are different, so you've got to really identify what getting them slowly out of their comfort zone. You don't go from A to Z, you go from A to B and just gradually move them along. And it's, it was a, you know, it's, it's not over, you know, they're in their twenties, but it's not over. You know, you're still looking for, um, opportunities to praise and also maybe sometimes to, you know, correct in a very mild form, but, um, Knowing where you're going mm-hmm. is, to me, the the key thing. And, you know, because you're going to get what you, you're going to reap what you sow. Well, for me, it was also, uh, I remember when Jill was born, um, I guess like a lot of people, I like, I, I got this, I can handle this. But my word, that first day she was born and we had her in the room there and we could not get her to stop crying. And it's getting later at night and I'm, freaking out and the nurse walks in and the nurse goes, would you like for me to take her? Cause I initially, they said, Hey, you want, want us to take her to the nursery? I was like, no, no, I got this. I'm a parent. I got this. Well, within five hours, I was like, I don't got this. <laughs> I'm dying here. And so the nurse comes in cause I can't get Jill quiet. And she goes, would you like for me to take her to the nursery? And I went, please. And then it just hit me like a massive panic attack. Oh my word, I've signed up for something that I can't handle. Uh, and what yeah. am I going to do now? And so that was a humbling moment. And for us, and God bless Cheryl, who loves to read, we just immediately went into the mindset of, I got to learn everything I possibly can about parenting and what works. And I've got to not only read books, I need to talk to people and, and realize that this is now my greatest occupation. I'm, I'm no longer Phil the journalist. At that time, I was uh, a television news reporter as well as preaching on the weekend. Well, that's not who I am anymore. I'm Phil the dad, and Phil the dad better not mess this up because God's put a precious soul in my hands, and I've got to make the most of it. And I think that's how we lived our life. You only get one shot at this. Make it the best shot you can. Hmm. And so it was all-in commitment on how do we rear them and, and help them grow. And I think one of the things that we also uh, did is Cheryl and I were constantly communicating about what's best for the kids. Where do we need to call an audible? How do we need to modify this attitude or this situation? And so there was that constant, constant, constant uh, communication adjustment and then initiating a plan Mm -hmm. that we came up with. And I think sometimes, you know, Phil was good cop. I was bad cop. But there was also times where I was a softy. He was the hard one. Mm -hmm. So balancing that between you, um, you know, there were some things that we needed to do to get them out of their comfort zone that would have been hard for me to do by myself because I've been, Oh, well, yeah, let's just wait. He's like, no, they need to do it. So we did it. And so you got to support the other one. You know, you've got to have confidence that your parenting styles are different, but yet they also meld into an overall, Mm -hmm. you know, front United front. Well, and although we may take a different role, good cop, bad cop in a situation, we were totally unified on the plan of action. 
Correct. Yeah. yeah. We never, yeah. We, it wasn't like, well, don't tell your dad, but we're going to go do this. Right. You know, there was never that. No, yeah. we were unified and okay, how are we going to play? How are we going to make this play? It's almost like <laughs> we'd huddle up, call the play. All right. Yeah. Who's running what? You know, <laughs> and how are you going to do it? And, and, and we knew we wanted our kids. We knew we wanted our kids to just be more than somebody who functions in society. How do we help them excel? And how do you help them become servants for the Lord? And what was real important to us, while biblical knowledge was extremely important, we were always looking for ways to make that fun, Mm. make that enjoyable. Uh, whether it's Veggie Tales, <laughs> the Veggie Tale movies, I remember those, yeah, yeah. and Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber, or it was the opportunity to have fun VBSs where I mean it was really engaging, almost over the top, and even when it came to service uh, in serving others, find a way to make that fun yeah. and enjoyable. Be and and that that was important to us because we wanted our kids to enjoy their relationship with Jesus. Yeah, well, that's all super uh, insightful. I thank you for sharing all of that in, in um, I definitely see the, uh, the, the fun aspect in how y'all have done a lot of things. Like, um, you know, I got to go be a, a camp friend at Florida camp for a couple years. And I know that's, that's a big part of what y'all try to emphasize, not just with your kids, but with, with all kids, with all teens. And, and you and I, Phil, have had several conversations about that, about how important it is for kids to see that, hey, this is fun. This is the best way to live, not just because it's uh, good and right and God's will. Certainly that's the case. But hey, God God wants us to follow this will because it's how we thrive. It's how we flourish. And you can do that in a way that is fun and exciting uh, and challenging, um, but but fun nonetheless. So, um, so that kind of that's kind of a segue. I want to. I wish we could spend more time talking about uh, the, the 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 parenting aspect of it, but I know that that's kind of what this weekend is for. So I'm sure there'll be more of that. Uh, but you know, outside of just your family, outside of parenting, Jill and Gray, you have worked with teens through the years, both in Gainesville, being a big uh, college town, uh, now y'all are at FC, and then through the years, y'all have worked uh, as camp directors for, I don't know, is it close to, is it around 10 years, something like that, around yeah. around 10? So that's a, that's a lot of experience with tons and tons of kids from all kinds of different backgrounds, both inside and outside the church, uh, strong families, not so strong families, um, and so that's uh, I, I imagine y'all have insight into some of the the challenges that parents and teens face in a way that is unique. And so when you look back at those, maybe particularly kind of the, the past 10 years or so, um, what are some of the challenges that, that you perceive uh, that are maybe universal? across time hey this is consistently all the time we're seeing this but then also what do y'all see as some of the challenges that are new and fresh that parents might not even realize oh okay now i got to deal with, with this i didn't really think about that i didn't grow up with this but now they have this so this is kind of a new horizon um what kind of insight do y'all have uh on that just seeing all these kids through the years uh, I guess, well, the first thing I would start with, uh, this is 
something I've seen in the last 10 years, but it's also as well new and on the horizon, is the way technology and devices are affecting our kids and our families. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's so sad to see so many kids addicted to their phones. And they're addicted to their phones generally because their parents are addicted to their phones. I mean, when I was growing up, television. Yeah, that was the big thing preachers would preach on. You're watching too much television. Blah, 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 television. Oh, it's going to just warp you. And, and, and yeah, I could see that. But imagine now you're taking that entertainment with you. That, that, that screen leaves the house and it's on your wrist. It's in your hand. And, and there's so many options to see. And, and we're seeing kids not only be consumed by it, but the anxiety and the depression that can grow from it, the lack of self-worth that grows from it, the, the bullying, uh, and it's, it's, it's a danger. It's a huge danger. And, and one of the things that gets lost, and if parents aren't careful, they, they lose all connection with their kids and everybody else in the world is influencing their kids instead of them. I mean, there was a reason why the Tower of Babel was a bad idea, <laughs> because every man, every person in the world was in your ear, and the lesson was defy God. And God says, it's not good that man be unified like this. It's not good for those that are striving to follow me. And so he separated man on purpose. And I think there's a lesson there. We got to separate. It's, it's mm. destroying us. And I don't mean to be an alarmist, but that's one of the biggest things I see with kids. And I think parents, and we see this a lot at camp, you can see in a kid if his parents spend a lot of time with him hmm. or her. You can see if this child has grown up in the home where the love of the Lord is first and foremost, and not just merely in word, but in action, you can see that pretty quick. And you can see the kids who have a good relationship with their parents. And uh, I'm under the impression the kids are great. Yeah. Kids are awesome. We just need to give them the environment to thrive and they'll thrive. Yeah. And so, and I believe in the importance of camp and opportunities to grow like that. Cheryl, you got anything? I would just say a warning for parents is to never over be overconfident about the spiritualness of your child. Mm -hmm. I think you always have to keep in mind that Satan is after your, your son or your daughter and that you think, well, my child wouldn't do that. Well, they might, you know, and I think temptations are there and temptations will ever be. And where this may not be a problem, this may be a massive problem. So I think you always have to be on alert that the devil's trying to get you. The devil's trying to get your child. And so you're you're constantly looking for is that is that activity is that friend is that recreation is that choice where is it going to lead them mm -hmm. you know because nobody is invincible and that if if we get so overconfident well I raised them and I raised them right that doesn't mean they're going to stay right if yeah. because the devil's after them yeah, that's a that's a great point, and and that's that that principle of the path thing that we talked about earlier. And it's so interesting to me. You can you can see that so much at camps. It's amazing how in one week's time you can see some of these uh, trajectories. Where where is this kid going to end up? 
five, 10 years down the road. And, but I, I love your point, Phil, that, hey, camp and, and among other things, it can't just be camp, but, but among other things, it can be that kind of environment that reorients that tra- trajectory that, that sets them on a, on a better path. And, and that's also so true that in those camps, right, we've, we've seen kids who come from just really, really tough backgrounds. Maybe, maybe they don't even come from a Christian home, but their life is just turned around by camp, but more so by the influences that then extend well beyond camp. And they get connected with church families. And in fact, my my sister is actually uh, dating someone who is is kind of from a, a background like that. Someone took uh, Randy in to their life after he grew up in just a really, really tough home environment. And now, I mean, it is like totally different trajectory. It's just, it's, it's amazing to see. And, and I, I know all three of us have so much belief and confidence and hope uh, in, in all those, all those kids. I, I love the, right. Like expectations of are great and that's important, but what's maybe better than that is belief in, and I know that that's something that y'all, um, do so well, uh, as parents, but also as, as camp counselors and, and the people that y'all have impacted along the way. Uh, can I say, can I make Absolutely. a pitch for camp here real quick? <laughs> yeah, camp, camp in, in just one week hits all the things you want your child to understand and do in their life. It's very biblically focused. I want them to grow in the word and appreciate the word of God, but I also want them to have great respect for others and, and to understand people are different. You need to love them. And, and there is some, uh, if you will, flexibility in, in the way that we choose to make choices in our lives and it's Mm -hmm. not everything is not black and white so you learn how to you have you have to function uh, within that realm but then but then also you want your children to be surrounded by great people yeah and and so camp is a place to have them surrounded by great people not not just other kids but those mentors and those counselors and 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 the others who are there at camp and i think it's so important so 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 important that we teach our kids to respect authority. You know, the, I grew up, man, gospel preachers were the bomb. My parents never said anything negative about anybody at church, especially leadership. And as I got older, I realized there were a lot of things maybe they didn't disagree with, but boy, they instilled in us a great respect for authority. And, 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 and camp helps you grow in that. And then you learn, it's not about you. How do I serve Mm -hmm. others? And you can do that all in an environment that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. I will share one camp story physically, with you. Physically, you're outside all day. Oh, yeah. Physically, you're, you're outside all day, so you're enjoying nature, you know, regardless yeah, right. if you're in hot Florida or in the mountains of Colorado or on the West Coast or wherever. Yeah. yeah with, you're outside all day, so that's... And no cell phones. Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> and that's important because of uh, all the social media cell phone stuff, just getting outdoors. People, kids kids forget how uh, important that is. Well, so. the first... first 24 to 48 hours, some kids are going through detox. They have the shakes and they have the tech neck and they're looking around. Some kids that are on gamers, their thumbs just move like they're at a controller, uh, but they get over it. <laughs> you know, and eventually it, 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 it evens out and they begin to enjoy camp. But let me show you a fun story, fun story. We're blessed at our camp to have a lot of kids that come from challenging backgrounds and foster kids. 
and uh, we have a girl that's coming to camp right now. I'll just call her Liz. But Liz, um, Liz uh, is a foster child, and she had a great summer camp. Got to meet a lot of people. But this last year at winter camp, she really didn't know anybody, and so she was isolated, keeping to herself. And uh, and so I was okay. I got to get Liz involved, and so. She didn't want me to manufacture anything or take her by the hand and introduce her. So I came up with this crazy game. I just did it on the whim. All right, we're going to divide up according to grades. And everybody in your grade group, you learn everybody's name, where they go to school, and the name of their dog. <laughs> and, and you get points for it. So they all just took off in that. And they did great. And so Liz learned all the other eighth graders. They learned their names. She came to me after that was over. She goes, I saw what you did there. <laughs> she goes, funny. thanks. But then yeah. I was talking to her later that night and we were sitting in the gym as the other kids were playing dodgeball. And she goes, Mr. Phil, I'm a foster child. I said, yeah, I know. She goes, I'm going to break the cycle. Hmm. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, my mom was a foster child. My grandmother was a foster child. And I don't know, but I'm thinking my great grandma. And I was like, oh, my word. And she goes, Mr. Phil, I'm not only going to be a Christian, mm. but I'm going to go to Florida College and I'm going to take care of my two brothers. It ends now. Yeah. I was like, God bless her. Yeah. You know, and she just needed the opportunity to see something different. And it was inspiring. And here's all I can think of. My kids need Liz's in their lives. And we need to see what people have to overcome and celebrate them and be an aid to them because she's certainly an aid to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And every time I see her now, I just want to applaud, you know? And so I think that's important. I think it's important for our kids to be around the Liz's of the world yeah. and realize the blessings that they have and let's help them grow and help Liz be all that she wants to be now. Yeah. Wow. That's such a, that's such a powerful story. And those, that, that's not exactly an uncommon story. I mean, that's across all kinds of camps like that. And, and even at Florida camp, there's many stories similar to that. And in fact, I remember one of the years that I was there, the theme was adoption. Mm. It was kind of, they all centered around that. But, um, but that's so powerful to your point, recognizing, hey, we actually all are adopted and we are actually all a part of this family. This isn't just like a camp connection. This isn't just a church connection. This is, uh, we are family. We are family inside and outside of camp, inside and outside the walls of the church building. And that's so important for me to see, for adults to see but especially for kids to see um, and, and be a part of and to see, hey, I've got brothers and sisters of all kinds, of all backgrounds, of all interests, and this is this is awesome. All kinds of challenges to overcome and, you know, their faith strengthens mine and, and likewise. So all that's really powerful. I wish we could keep going on and on and on. Um, I love getting a visit with y'all, but uh, I do want to ask just one more question. You've talked to uh, uh, parents a lot this weekend. 
let's let's just focus on the teens. I, in fact, I know this is really where your passion is. You're like, if you could choose, I, f- I feel like if you could choose between Gossel Meeting and Teen Weekend, you'd go Teen Weekend all the way. So absolutely. <laughs> so so what uh, what what do y'all have to share? You know, if you could just say, you know, a message to to teens. Uh, you know, we we have I think about between seventh and twelfth grade here. We have somewhere around. I think it's like close to 60 or 70. So we have a lot That's of great. lot of teens here. Um, what would your message be to them? Well, the first thing I say to all kids, you're great. Yeah. You are great. And I applaud you for your faith. I applaud you for your love for the Lord. You, you're great. And I think our kids need to hear that more. Yeah, uh, we we hear too much of what's going on with this generation day. Oh, we're kids. No, no. There's a ton of great kids out there. Yeah. There's a ton of great kids out there, and there's amazing parents out there, and we need to celebrate that. And I think it's important that we celebrate those victories. Mm-hmm. Is as much as I would clap. Uh, when the single mom walks in or the uh, addict who is overcoming the addiction walks into church and I would applaud their faith, I applaud each and every one of these kids because we're not only asking them to grow up and everything's brand new every day, every experience, every feeling, every challenge, but they're also doing it with a love for the Lord that is totally the opposite of the way the world would live. And they're choosing to do that. They need to be applauded. Yeah. They need to be loved. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to constantly look at where their failures or missteps are. We need to look at all the good things they're doing and make sure we applaud that. And and we have a lot of great kids. And obviously, y'all mm-hmm. have got a lot of great kids here, too. Absolutely. And so I just want to be around them and encourage them and tell them, hey, you're doing great. You're You're awesome. And uh, God bless you. You inspire me. And I guess I would just add that they can do it. I mean, it's like, don't, it, it's a hard road, but at the same time, they have the skills, they have the knowledge, they have the capabilities to do what they need to do. And so don't lose hope. Don't lose sight. Yeah. Press on. Yeah. Remember those great teenagers in scripture, yep. you know, your Daniels, your Hananiah, Azariah, uh, Mishael's, you, you have these wonderful, uh, you know, godly men uh, who serve the Lord. You had your David when he was fighting Goliath. You have your Joseph, uh, who certainly, I mean, yeah, you have Jesus <laughs> at 12. What's he doing? He's in the temple. Hey, you can be that person. You can be that person. And, and, and it's, it is possible. Uh, to do it. And and they need to be surrounded by others who appreciate them and love them and respect them for what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I love that. And again, thank you so much for uh, coming up for this weekend and for you know, spending time in conversation here. Um, but your, your faith has really impacted me, um, Phil, really before I ever even met you through Teen Weekends and stuff. Um, really, really helped helped me through the years. And, um, I'm just, I'm just so thankful that, uh, all of Lost River got to share in that this weekend. Um, y'all mean a lot to me and I love y'all and, uh, hope that, uh, can, can, uh, maybe come down and, uh, visit, visit Tampa sometime soon. Hey, we're very proud of you, Jarrett. Both of us are very proud of you and God bless you for your work here. And God bless your uh, Lost River family. This is a great place. 